So I've loved this whole idea of the remix because I feel like I can really connect with it. Um, God has done so much in my life and he's brought so many things that could have turned out in a totally different way and he made it great. And, it, and I get know the glory for it. God has done it all. And um, one thing I also like is the whole DJ vibe. My brother is a DJ and I think he is amazing and not just because he's my brother, but literally he knows when to say things. He knows when to not say things. He knows when to play the perfect song at the perfect time. I've been to so many events where you're on the floor, you're having a great time, you're dancing, and then it goes flat. And the, the slow song, nobody knows, comes on, and everyone is bored, and everybody gets off the floor. And you're like, what just happened? And then he did my wedding, and he did so amazing. I gave him a, a list of songs I wanted played, when I wanted them played, you know, the Bridezilla thing. And he changed things around, and I was like, wait a minute. I wanted that song there, and he said, no, wait. And the times that he changed it and the times he played the song at a different time, it was like a mic drop moment. It was amazing. And I was like, I can totally see that the timing of it is perfect. You know, when Pastor Jules comes up and Ethan and Sky are up here, she has it all planned out. Okay, Sky's going to come in at this time. Ethan's going to come in at this time. The vocals are going to come in. There are plenty of times, like in practice today, where you're off on timing, and it, it does not produce a good song. God's still glorified, of course, but it's distracting, the timing's off, but if everything works perfectly as it should, the impact is amazing. And there's a story in the Bible about timing, the story of Lazarus. I'm sure you've heard of Lazarus, and the timing that God does is perfect. There's a saying, God's never late, he's never early, he's always on time. And I feel like this is the ultimate remix of how God's timing works. So if you go to John 11, I'm going to do a lot of readings, but I'm also going to paraphrase because the whole chapter is really important. So if you, go, if you don't have your Bible, you can go to the Share Faith app, Movement Church, and um, you can... The Bible's, I do that all the time. The Bible's right there for you. You can put it in different translations and everything. So if you go to John 11, we're going to start in verse 1. And if you're familiar with Lazarus, he is the one that got raised from the dead. Spoiler alert. He gets raised from the dead. And his sisters are Martha and Mary. And if you remember the story of Martha and Mary, um, Martha is busy getting everything ready for Jesus. He's coming to their house. And then Mary is the one that is at the feet of Jesus, worshiping Jesus. And Lazarus is their brother. And so really important. And no, it says in the Bible, and there's very few times it says, who is a friend of Jesus? And it says, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha is a friend of Jesus. So we know these are important people. These are the big wigs that we need to pay attention to. So in verse 1, it says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Lord, the one you love is sick. I love how it says, the one you love. They could have said, hey, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. He knows who Lazarus is. He wasn't just nobody. 
but he pull, they pull at the heartstrings, I feel like. The one you love is sick. The, this is important, and I feel like it made it more urgent. You need to come now. He's sick. And so when he heard this, Jesus said, The sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. I had to read that five times. I went back and said, he waited two days. What? And, and when you read it, it's one sentence. The word so is the conjunction to the suit. To make it one sentence, it says, he loved him, so he waited. Okay, if I have a friend, I'm sick, they have the medicine I need to save me, right? And they're coming to, okay, I send word to them, which sending word back then was not a text message that he could reply real quickly and come. It took days for him to travel. And so if my friend waited, like, nah, it's fine, I'll wait a couple days. Because I love you, I'm going to wait. That made no sense to me. I was like, wait, what? I would assume that if you loved me, you'd be running running like let's go now and Jesus said no two more days I'm gonna wait here it's fine and so in verse 14 let's see it says after he had said this he went on to tell them he's talking to the disciples and he says our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I'm going there to wake him up and they're like what he fell asleep great he's gonna be healed he's gonna sleep he's gonna get better and Jesus said, no, Lazarus is dead. And it says in my Bible, it says, so then he told them plainly. How many likes when God tells you something plainly? <laughs> Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So the disciples were there with Jesus. They got the word from him, right? Okay, Lazarus is sick, he's dead, but I'm going to go, I'm going to take care of it great. He's going to take care of it. They heard from the word of God right there. Jesus himself, I'm going, I'm going to take care of it. But what about Martha and Mary and even Lazarus And this? Lazarus is dead now, but the waiting process, the time it took for them to get the word to Jesus. And they're thinking, awesome. Jesus is going to come. Lazarus is going to be healed. I believe, I believe Jesus. I've seen him heal people. I've seen him open blind eyes. I, I see him open the deaf ears. I see all this and it's going to happen. He does it. He loves us. We're friends with him. He's going to come. He's going to do it. But that's not how this worked. This is not how it happened. In their belief, in entrusting Jesus to come, Lazarus died anyway. How did they feel during that? How would you feel during that, that waiting that silence. They didn't get the word. They didn't know what was happening. All they knew is that Jesus didn't show up and their brother died. If you go to verse 17, I told you I'm reading, doing a lot of readings. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So the Jewish tradition, they have this, I want to call it a celebration, but it's not, it's anti, it's the opposite of celebration. It's a mourning, grieving week called Shiva. And this week, if you look it up, you should look it up because it's interesting. The things that they do, even to prepare after someone has died, even to prepare all the different traditions they do. They don't change their clothes. They eat a lot. 
and everybody from the surrounding areas will come. The cousins, cousins, the cousins, 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 sisters, cousins, friend. They all come to grieve together for this week. And it's interesting because Jesus got there on the fourth day. They believe that your spirit hovers over your body until the fourth day. And on the fourth day, your spirit now has risen up and it's left your body, it's left earth, it's in eternity. And so not only was Jesus late to the party by Lazarus dying, now he's really late because his spirit has now left his body. It would have been a very, very emotional day the fourth day. Very, very emotional because they know and they believe that now he was there, but now he's really, really gone. So now Jesus... Is, has made it to town. He's just right outside town, and Martha comes to meet him in verse 21. Martha heard that he was there, and she went running to him. And she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's the first thing. She comes right up to him, and she says that. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And she goes, I know, I know, I know, in the last day, the resurrection, our bodies will go up and, and he'll rise again. You know, she's totally going off. Martha was very much in her brain. She's very much a thinker. She knew, you know, the word. She knew how things worked. She's very much a thinker in this. And he says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she says, yes, I believe this. Now, the way she was acting, I kind of feel like she got a gist of it. Like, okay, you know, this is something new territory here. Um, but they believe he's the Messiah. And yes, I'm going to believe what you say. And so my question here was, Martha went. And Martha and Mary were a team, right? They're sisters and their brother had just died. And they're in Shiva in the mourning process. They all stayed together. And so the fact that Mary wasn't there kind of red flagged to me. I'm like, wait a minute, where's Mary at? Mary would have went with Martha. They wouldn't have separated. They're two sisters mourning their brother. And I kind of feel like it's me reading between the lines because it doesn't say. But I feel like Mary, being the one, she's all heart. She's the one at the feet of Jesus worshiping him, drying his feet with the tears, washing his feet, drying them. And so... The fact that Mary wasn't there, I'm like, wait a minute, why isn't Mary there? I feel like Mary felt the pain of it, the hurt of it, the betrayal. She felt like Jesus didn't show up. He wasn't there. She's grieving and she's in this emotional state and she's hurt. I feel like she's hurt and she, I feel like she feels like, like some of us feel like sometimes that we can't go to God. We can't go to him with this emotion. We can't see beyond what is going on. But Martha went to Mary and said, Mary, the teacher is here. Jesus is here. And he's called for you. He's, he's beckoning you to come to him. And I feel that is so amazing that in the grief, in the silence that she felt from God, Jesus still was beckoning her to come. And she got up quick. And she got up so quick, everyone followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to mourn. And so she got up, she ran to Jesus, and the first thing she says is, just like Martha said, Jesus, 
if you had been here, my brother would not be dead. And she fell at her feet just as she had many times, but this time it wasn't in worship. It was in grieving. It was in hurt. It was in betrayal and loss. And Jesus looked around and everyone else began to weep too. And he's feeling the moment. He's looking around. Everyone's crying and everyone's weeping. And he began to weep. And I think that's amazing that he is there in their grief, right? And not only is he there grieving with them, but he also knows what's about to happen. And he still is feeling the emotion. Because I feel like sometimes in our walk with God, we can feel like we can't have emotion about things. We feel like we've got to be stern. We've got to believe what the word says. We know what's going to happen. It's going to be good, right? Because God's in it. But sometimes we can have this emotion and this feeling. And Jesus even did that. And so he said, where's the tomb? Take me to the tomb. Take me to where Lazarus is. And Martha, being the brain she is, she said, you're not getting it, Jesus. I'm going to open that and roll away the stone, and it's going to smell. There's going to be an odor. He's been gone four days now. It's going to be a disaster in there. It's going to be a mess. And Jesus says, roll the tomb away anyway. Roll the stone. And there were there people there still questioning. They said, look, Jesus wept. Look how much he loved Lazarus. And they're still saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. If he had been here, Lazarus would not be dead. And so why didn't he do what we've seen him do before, the way he's always done it? We know we saw him heal people. We saw him deliver people, free people of demons. We know he can do it. Why hasn't he done it? And he says, take the boulder away. Take the stone away. And in verse 40, if you're following along, it says, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Now, the glory of God is the manifestation, manifested presence of God. In other words, it's God making himself known to man. And so we know the whole story now. Martha has the story now. We all know what's going to happen. And he said, if you believe, this will happen. And so if you go to 41, it says, so they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I know that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. I like how it says for the benefit of the people. He didn't pray because he needed to pray. He, he's Jesus, right? He did that so everyone around him could feel and know. And he said in verse 43, he said when he had said that and prayed that, he said, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet still wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him be. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. So that's the point, right? They believed in him. 
But here's the thing. Why didn't Jesus just come, bolt, and heal Lazarus? Why didn't he do that? He always did that. He could do that. He loved Lazarus. He loved Mary and Martha. Why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't that be the plan in this whole thing? But the thing is, with Lazarus dying, it caused a multitude of people to come in. So sure, the people that were surrounding Martha and Mary, they believed in Jesus already. They were the believers. They saw him heal people. They believed he could do it. And so that's why everyone's questioning him, like, why didn't, why were you late? Hello. But the multitude of people came in, multitudes of people, tons of people would come in and they'd mourn and have this week of mourning. And so Jesus knew that when he, that this had to happen this way. So many times we expect God to do things one way. We expect him to just do what he's always done, and that's that. And when he doesn't do it like we think he's going to do it, we get upset. We, we ask questions. We question him. And this is a big thing about how God's delays are not God's denials. If you're in this state, if you think like Martha or if you feel like Mary and you feel like God has forgotten me, or you feel like it's been so long, the tomb. God doesn't want to go into my mess and my circumstances. He doesn't want any part of that. It smells. He doesn't want to do that. But he beckons you still to come. He calls you forth out of that. In that silent period where you feel like God has left me, God has forsaken me. He said he wouldn't. I know that he wouldn't, but he did. And here I am in this state of wondering. And what I like about how Jesus reacted to the whole situation, he never rebuked them for questioning him. He could have been like, don't you know I'm Jesus? Don't you know what I'm about to do? Something really cool, right? He didn't do that. He was there in their weeping. He was there in their silence. He was there beckoning them to come. So if you feel like Martha, if you feel like Mary, if you feel like Lazarus probably felt before he died that, this is it. He hasn't forgotten you. No matter the condition of the situation, he wants to bring you out. There's no, it's not too far gone. There's still more days of Shiva here. If you feel like you're grieving, if you feel like God hasn't been there, he is. He's coming. He's beckoning you to come. Don't be afraid to come to him in your grief. He's always willing and always wanting to come. So I feel like this was the ultimate remix of how God's timing isn't about our timing and how when things seem like they can't go any further and you're lost and you're confused and hurt and betrayed, that Jesus is still there. He still cares. He's beckoning you to come. Go to him. You can go to him. So I'm going to pray now as Jules comes up. God, I pray right now for anyone in this room or anyone watching. God, if they feel like they're forgotten, if they feel like they can't go to you, if they feel like their mess is way too much of a mess for Jesus to come do anything about, God, that you would be there with them, that they know that they can come to you, they can question, and you're going to be there with an answer. 
God, that you don't leave us, you don't forsake us, that your timing is indeed perfect. God, I thank you that you're there along the way, along the process, that you're perfect in timing. If we feel like we're mourning, if we feel like we can't go to you, God, your hand's always outreached for us. that you can't do anything with anymore. God, you're there.